Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. (laughs) Hey, Catherine. Hey, Krista. What's happening? Nothing. Oh, I think you're lying. (laughs) Is that your first lie on the podcast? Did you hear me say nothing? (laughs) (laughs) Is it my first lie on the podcast? Yes. I do not believe I lie on the podcast. Of all the things I've said, would it be hilarious for me to start lying now? Then nobody could trust me. Oh, Oh. I think we, what do we do? We kind of plead the fifth every now and then about not being willing to share something. But But then we always end up sharing probably, even if it's a couple episodes down the line, I think everything down the line tends to come out at some point when we're feeling at least comfortable or resolved inside of how we feel about it. (laughs) Then we're ready to share. Sometimes. I'm not sure we always share all of it. Um, We're still waiting on all your nicknames. (laughs) I can't give the nicknames for Uh, that past one. If I give that nickname, everybody will know who it is. Oh, because everybody knows that he used that nickname for you? No, it's very language specific. Uh, And not many people speak that language. Uh, I see. (laughs) I see. I see. All right. Well, Well, hi, everybody out there. I guess we should say that. (laughs) We're just in our own world. Hi, in our own world today. Getting into Catherine's business. Getting into Catherine's business. That's what today is about. Yep. So, how was your weekend? That's so great. Such a great question. So I would like to suggest that it's been longer than my weekend. Oh, it's yes, been an okay. entire week. Okay, so yes, because I think on the last podcast maybe there was a slight introduction there was a hint to it of Mr. A L showing Mr. L. back up on the scene. And should we do a little recap at all of when he showed up the first time, or no? <laughs> Because people might see. be like, oh, which episode was Have Mr. Have heard of Mr. L before? Um, boy, I wouldn't even know what I said. In- way back yonder. Way back yonder. <laughs> so I'd rather let it be a little bit of a mystery. You can find Mr. L on an episode in the fall sometime. On the episode prior to this one, which means you have to go back and start at the beginning and listen, and listen to, to every episode, single episode. Which anyway, good, because then they know the saga. That's true. And it is a short saga, but it's a saga. So, yeah. So, uh, after we did the sexual transmutation episode and we got all mm-hmm. excited, or I should say at least I got very excited. <laughs> well, no, we got excited because then we had to do Wet and Wild. And That's we true. We did Wet and Wild that. after that. Uh, so, yeah. So, I knew in my heart that there was only one person that I knew that would get this on as many levels as I get it on, which Mm -hmm. is physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. His brain could wrap around it. He would really, if he he liked the idea, he would get it. If he didn't like the idea, he wouldn't. And um, yeah, so he seemed to like the idea. So what you're saying (laughs) is you read the article that we talked about from the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Exactly. 
The article inspired you in a new way of thinking, and you took that information after getting very turned on, and you reached out to Mr. L. And yeah, but said, I wasn't at all turned on when I reached out to him. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to put a caveat in the beginning of this podcast that I know that Mr. L is now listening oh, to our shit. podcast, and so... I, and I love you, Mr. L, but you know, I'm squirming. Then he should. It's fine. And I just realized that everything I say gives him another opening to see into me in places we haven't talked about. So, well, he either gets to come into those places or run away from those places. That's right. And you know what? He either likes it or he doesn't. If he's going to run, better know that he's going to run now than he's not a runner. I'm just saying. Well, he might be. <laughs> who, knows what we're gonna, who knows what we're going to say today? But anyway, to keep his identity secret, we are not referring to any physical attributes or any other part of his life. Okay? Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Tell us your nickname. Yeah. <laughs> Touche, my dear. Yes. Touche. So, yeah. Well, what happened was I read this article and I got so interested in the idea because it felt so aligned for me mm-hmm. to be in this powerful position with a man where together we were creating, you know, the ability to reach to genius, like to reach Mm. genius potential and the man to reach it through his specific way. And that I'm tapping into my genius just to be there. And it just was exciting to me because it felt like I want to do this. I This is my grand experiment. I want to try this on and see if it's really true. And I feel like it's true. And I, and I, the only person on the planet that I think could do this with me is him. Well, what I love, Catherine, is that it seems like even just a week or two prior to us doing the episode on transmutation, I was asking you, like, come on, when are you going to start dating? Come on, like, you know, go get laid, something, give me something. (laughs) And you're like, I'm not ready. I will know when I'm ready, know when I'm ready. And then it was like, boom, like two weeks later, you're like, I'm ready. Yeah. And I knew I was getting ready. I could feel that happening. So I appreciate the level of synchronicity and confluence Mm -hmm. that comes in when, you know, I'm getting ready. I want to be ready. I'm ready to be ready. Now I'm ready. And it, it was almost like the idea came in and supported me into being ready instead of choosing I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And it inspired you to be yeah, ready. Yeah. And it was fun to reach back to someone who I had a really interesting connection with, who mm-hmm. I always felt like, always felt like I loved his intellect, his humor, all those things really worked. And we do live a distance apart. Mm-hmm. And so it's tricky. And Yet this seemed to inspire both of us. And it was what was super fun about it was that we were both inspired in the same. How did you reach out? How did you inspire him? How did I reach out? What did I say? Give us the dates. I know. Um, I did. I sent him the article. I sent him the article and I said something like so, just for anybody who hasn't listened, the article basically says adding these three romance, love, and sexuality really is a focus from the feminine to the masculine lifts the masculine. And in the article, they said man, but we're, we're, we're more current. It lifts the masculine to be able to reach his highest genius, altered sense of like full sense of the universe and all the things, creativity, possibility, all that stuff. Something happens and it's like alchemy for him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want to be that girl. (laughs) And 
I want to do that. So I reached out and I think what I said was something like, I can't imagine anything more fun to work on for the next 30 plus years of my life. (laughs) I thought you might be interested. Are you? And that's so brave. I guess. I think I must have been in an altered state because it, it just, <laughs> you were. It didn't. You had already transmuted. And I had already transmuted. I think what was true, Krista, now that I think about it, is it felt so aligned for me, there wasn't any fear. Mm. And what my question was, was I'm going to do this. Are you the partner that wants that I want to do this with that's right. got the potential? And I know I'm clear he has the potential. And then the question is, are we going to do this? Because there's distance. There might be other issues. I don't even know what they are because we barely know each other. Because how many days have you seen each other total in life? Total in life, (laughs) eight days. Eight days. In in two clumps, Mm -hmm. one Thanksgiving and one week. And both had challenges of different types. Mm -hmm. And yet both had really sweet and special moments. And in our connection over the last, I would say, year, year and a half, we've had lots of little special moments, but then there's these huge spaces in between. Right. And maybe because we never had anything to do together. Like, I got something to do together. Well, yeah, you have to have something in common. And if you live across the world from each other, finding what you can do together to grow and become more close. Like, how many activities can you actually do besides, like, FaceTime sex? (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently you you can can do texting sex. (laughs) Texting sex. You can watch movies together via Skype. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know what's really fun, too, is we have had a physical connection with each other. So we know there's attraction there. Mm-hmm. We have left, we, we, what do I want to say? Like we didn't go all the way, which means there was like this sort of open door left of like what else is possible. So it feels like it's new and we have some history that says it's going to be all right. Right. You know, like when I went A to see of comfortability of well, attraction, attraction, we know we're attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. So I had an experience this year with Mr. C where I went to see someone who I had been really attracted to via text message and phone, and there was nothing right. in our personal connection. And our lifestyles were so – everything was different. So that is not a risk in this situation. Mm-hmm. There could be all sorts of other risks, but that one feels like we kind of know each other, what we look like, how we move, mm-hmm. you know, whether we – It's great that you had that experience with Mr. C because it – it's in such opposition to this one. It gives you like the two different spectrums. It does. It does. Which you couldn't see necessarily in the moment, but now in hindsight. (laughs) Oh, you always love those moments you're being rejected. Those are my favorite. Oh yeah. I have Um, no idea what that is like. Yeah. You've never had that experience. Uh, Have any of you? Hello listeners. We're going to actually pay attention to you for a second. Have you, anybody ever been rejected out there? So it's tricky, and especially because when you're in a long-distance situation, you just don't know what's really happening. And Chris and I were talking about texting earlier, which is really funny. And I was saying that the statistics are that 7% of communication is the words. Which is very challenging for (laughs) Golden Eyes and I, because even though 
we we don't live that far away from each other, but we live far enough away that it still feels long distance. And it is long distance. The amount of time it takes in order to schedule and get everything arranged just to see each other for a night, it's a lot of work. And so it would be the same amount as if, you know, I was flying around the world. And yet, well, okay, not quite flying around <laughs> the world. A, I'm going to say no to that. Okay, but if you're flying around the world and you get to stay for two weeks and I'm – you know, true. I going mean, going to that. where I have to go and I get one night. It's like <laughs> it's a lot of work, and so it we is. are having to do a lot of communication via text. And I mean, I know I've expressed this in the podcast before. It's just that we get tripped up a lot in the languaging, not even just the different languages we speak, but in the ah, and really choosing our words carefully. Yeah, it's so this statistic that you just mentioned when you said it originally I was like oh that's important for me to know yeah so the rest of it goes to body language and tone of voice so that's why the the best is in person right because mm-hmm. you get all of it plus you get you know your sixth sense and everything else going right then on on the phone you at least get inflection and words mm-hmm. and tone of voice you don't so much get if body it's language. Time, if it's FaceTime, you get some body language. But I still think that's a tricky medium. I don't feel like you don't it, get the physical energy. Yeah, it's almost like you're cut off from one. Maybe your sixth sense. Maybe there's mm-hmm. one piece of the energy that's actually missing. I, I'm actually not fond of Skype or FaceTime, mm-hmm. except for business. I can and I can do coaching on them. That's fine too. But for a personal, intimate relationship, they feel like something something falls out the bottom and. I can't do them very often before I feel like I'm just totally missing the person. I right. can't find you. Um, and actually, I prefer the phone. And I, I don't know what that is, but I think sometimes when I close my eyes, I call in who you are in a different way and mm-hmm. feel really connected. And so when I'm seeing you but not really feeling you, then it feels it's harder for me. I don't know. I get distracted maybe. But anyway, so texting is a is an interesting thing. Chris and I have been talking about about how – there are all sorts of moods and questions about texting. When does a text begin? When does it end? Who starts it? Who finishes it? Oh, the who starts it. What does it, it is... mean when someone oh. doesn't start a text message to you? <laughs> what does it mean when they do? Or what does it mean when you text them and too long goes between... your your too long right. goes by because mm-hmm. you don't. And this is the thing. When our lives are somewhat in sync and we're living in the same town or doing whatever, we sort of have a sense of what each other are up to. So we text, we're like, oh, he's at the office. He won't get back to me for three or four hours. But when you're different places and people's lives are and different, and even with you guys, where your lifestyle is so different, you have kids, he doesn't, he has clients, you have, you know, you were. We're doing our podcast. There's yeah, so like his schedule starts way early in the morning. Mine goes way late at night. So there's these hours where maybe one of us is awake or one of us working and the other one isn't. Right. So there is not that like instant knowing of when you live with someone, they get up and they go to work and you know they are at work. Right. And even if they live two doors down and you know their schedule or you can see them, you'll, and we live in a small town. So we're used to seeing the people in our town during the day. Mm-hmm. We're not used to going whole days without seeing people, which, in bigger cities, you would definitely. But the point we're making is that it's so easy to misinterpret from not even what's in the text message, but does the person text message or don't they? And what does it mean when they don't? And 
Because when I'm feeling really good about myself and really solid with who yeah. I am and confident, it, the texts come across I, in a certain way. It's so, like they don't bother me. Because they're projections. Yeah. When I'm feeling scared or depressed or whatever I'm feeling, if I could take that same exact text message and it would mean something completely different to me. This is such a great lesson, such a great lesson for all of us. And again, if you're going to engage in texting relationships, which most of us are right now, Mm -hmm. because we can't talk as much because we are in public places and things, we're going to be texting. We're going to have to watch what's going on with us as we receive the text message. Now, I can tell you that this week, I've never had so much fun with text messages. <laughs> yeah. And because why? It, because, well, two things are happening. One is that before I reached out to him, which I think is sort of interesting, I had taken this journey deciding that one of the things that's the most important things about me to me is my sensuality. And that I can sometimes get cut off from that. And I don't want to. So what I, what, I had started to do was really kind of bathe myself in my sensuality every morning when I woke up as part of my spiritual practice, as part of who I am. And when I, that's, I think, why reading this article spoke to me, because as the feminine, as the woman in this partnership, what I was being called to do was be as sensuous and as loving and as sexual and as supportive and as romantic as you I were primed. Be. I was totally primed. It was mm-hmm. like somebody just got me all ready and then threw the book at me, you know, <laughs> so to speak. They threw the book at me. Yeah, because you felt really confident. I did. At a big switch from, you know, you've been going through a lot the last couple of months. And so when you were like, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And then I was like, boom, I'm ready. And, and it I, came with all the sensuality and luxuriousness and even the way your body starts I know. humping around. I wasn't <laughs> humping around. I was moving around. You're I was snaking feeling, around. Yeah, snaking around. And I think the key here, Kristen, I would love to have everybody in our audience think about this. What's the thing that makes you feel like you more than anything else? And for me, I have to say it's sensuality. I like I pick up vibes from beauty in the most powerful way. It is the most important thing in my life, I think. And what it does to my body is begin to feed me sensually. And, and I'm the opposite. Of, hey, I'm the sexuality, and then I get fed sensually after. It's interesting. It's really interesting. And so for me, a beautiful thing to look at, a, a vase of flowers, um, chocolates, like, just smells, touch, all those things. Like my facialist, whom is a special relationship with me. She's my stepdaughter. Or we have an interesting relationship. She was my stepdaughter. (laughs) (laughs) Once a daughter. Anyway, once a daughter, always a daughter. She's always been very special to me. And she owns a company called Earth Tonics. And they she has organic products and she makes them all herself and they're all beautiful. And when I get a facial from her, it's heavenly for me. I smell all the smells of all the aromatherapy that she's using and all of these pure natural things that not only does my skin feel, I'm, unha- I'm like gone from the room. I'm having just this magical experience. And of course, a lot of people do with her. That's part of her specialty. So for me, those little things I have to pay attention to. Those to me are like romancing myself. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this when we talked about this sexual transmutation, is there a way that it happens within yourself? I see that as like 
in the past, we've talked about spiritual prep when you're prepping yourself to maybe handle a challenging experience, mm, right. but it's not a challenging experience, but it's almost like your sensual prep, your sexual prep, where you're prepping yourself to be open to a relationship because mm. you were super in a like open-hearted, really solid place that week when you decided to go in and send that text. If you had been in a tender, weepy, not so sure of yourself moment and you had sent that text, I guarantee the energy behind that text would have come with the neediness behind it. And his response wouldn't have been able to meet you in this powerful place. And that's something I'm so aware with in my um, text with Golden Eyes is like, if I'm already upset and I text him, there's an energy behind the text that he can feel a mile away. Mm. And so then his response to it comes back in that same energy. And so I'm having, and so in the past, I'd be like, why did he respond that way? And I'm like, well, he responded <laughs> that way because I, even though my, the wording might be nice, if my energy behind it was stressed or needing something from him, can never get what I was wanting yeah. from him. Yeah. So I have to be now careful not only in how I'm phrasing the text, but what's the energy I'm feeling inside and how am I sending it? Am I sending it with, he better respond to me in an hour or he better like blah, 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 blah. I'm never going to get from him what I need. But if no. I'm like, oh, here's a cute little text to you in the morning. I'm off for my day and don't care when you get back to me. Never fails. He responds right back. And I don't have to wait the entire day just because I didn't need it from him. Yeah. So what we're talking about is that text messages move on energy. And yes, the 7% of communication is words. So we're saying that on a text message, 93% of it is your energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I there are some very funny examples of this online. Key and Peel. Have you ever seen their Key and Peel about miscommunication and text messages? Oh, maybe. It is so funny. (laughs) So everybody go look at that. If you haven't seen it, it's so worth it because you really get to see the two people with different intentions and how what they're bringing to it makes what they think is going on until one of them is ready to kill the other and one of them's thinking they're meeting for dinner. And it's hello, just last week. Remember last week? So, Golden Eyes and I were having like um, a little miscommunication problem and via text, surprise, surprise. And he texts me, and I come over to Catherine's house and I'm like, he just broke up with me. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, read this text. He totally just broke up with me. And you read it and you're like, I don't know, Krista, if that's the truth or not. I'm like, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> we're so, very convinced. Yeah. And so I responded to him with like, hey, can you clarify what your text mean means? And then he didn't respond for like 12 hours. So I had to go 12 hours thinking that he had broken up with me, not having really any idea why. And then the next day he calls, he's like, hey. I'm like, what do you mean, hey? Like... <laughs> I've got my assault. I've got my whole assault situation set up here for you to walk in the door. I haven't told him that that's what I thought about the text. So he still has no idea that, like, that's how powerful those texts are and that we have to be really careful about them. So, everybody, pay attention to this. Pay attention to yourself and how you're how you feel when things come in. So the truth is, one of the things that Krista and I have learned a long time ago is that no one can actually affect yourself. Right. So you choose 
whether you're going to lose it. So you go into a situation where you feel scared or less than or hurt or not 100% strong, and then you give people the gunpowder essentially to hurt you because they can, when you feel like that, no matter what they say, they're probably going to lose. And spiritually speaking, so from that experience, if I'm calling forth like needing to believe that he broke up with me, really it, that. it's like, why did I have to go to that place just so I could prove to myself that he was going to leave me again? It was like some stupid story that was caught in my head. And I chose for those 12 hours to believe it. Right. And the good news is we got a chance to break that up a little bit by talking about it. So you weren't in agony for those 12 hours, but you mm -hmm. still were worried. And for me, what I've noticed in the past and sometimes even more recently is I get into this conversation inside myself about who cares more mm. by how they text or when they text or if I text or if I'm being too masculine or too feminine or I only get there when I don't feel 100% myself. If I'm having a conversation inside myself, Byron Katie said this amazing thing. I heard her say one time, she said, why don't you go looking for the evidence that he loves you mm -hmm. versus the evidence that he doesn't love you? And I realized that in the past, because of the structure of my life and the way I interpreted everything that ever happened to me, mm -hmm. I was always looking for evidence that I wasn't being loved, and I got to create that situation. And that's the exact same thing happened. That's why I, Mr. I was about to say Mr. Golden Eyes. That's why Golden Eyes actually were in the middle of that strange text communication was because I got upset with him because he didn't do something for me. And I chose to make it that he didn't love me because he didn't do that one thing. What was and that one thing, Krista? Krista? No. <laughs> no, she's hiding this. So, uh, yeah. What was <laughs> yeah. that one thing, Krista? That one thing that I didn't feel like he did. And if he really loved me, he would have done it. He would have made me came on Saturday night. <laughs> Nice. So he, and he missed an opportunity to, to bring you to, to orgasm? To yes. And he just looked at me. He's like, okay, you're an asshole. He's like, I did this. I spent my weekend doing this for you. And I brought you flowers. And I got you that special wine. And I made you that special dinner. I mean, he listed off this long list of things that he had done to make me feel loved. And I grab onto the one little thing. He's like, Krista, we were at it for three hours. What is your problem? <laughs> I was like, I'm a spoiled little fucking bitch. Like, what is wrong with me? Okay, so how about we just back that off? Because we're not gonna, we're I not know. going there with Krista. What we all can recognize in this is the places where we get hooked. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I really appreciate you calling that out. <laughs> what? Which part? The orgasm part. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying not letting you get away with calling yourself a little fucking oh. bitch. Because I, what's true is that we all get caught. We get caught in our scarcity. We get caught mm -hmm. and scared, and it's like. Well, if he didn't text me, it doesn't. He doesn't like me. Mm -hmm. Never mind everything else he's done. So I'm looking for evidence. So anybody out there, do you ever notice yourselves? Do your partners ever say, "God, give me a break"? Mm -hmm. Like I have tried so hard to let you know how much I love you and how much I want to be in this with you, and the first time that I don't text you right away or I don't, you know, meet you in some way you want to be met. Even if it's an orgasm after you've had three hours of <laughs> afternoon <Hot> sex, <laughs> you know, first of all, maybe you could have mentioned it instead of being <laughs> resentful. 
or taking care I of yourself. We were gonna, I thought we were going to get back for another three uh-huh. hours. <laughs> and I wasn't in you, any hurry. I, well, that's fine because that's. But after it festered for a while, then you were, right. and then it created upset. So it's really this thing that we keep working back to: is it's always going to come down to our connection with ourselves first. And then how we can bring this other person. So this is what I'm so thrilled about, about this sexual transmutation piece. Because I am strong enough and whole enough and loving enough and sensuous enough to stand in this place. I know that I am reliable to show up as this person. Now I'm just checking out who wants, who is it that I'm supposed to do this with? Spirit is involved in this. And certainly Mr. L showed up as, you know, the natural first place to look. And if I had it all my way, it would just work easily and it would just flow easily and it would work. That I love that. I don't well, need to spend all your sexy texting for the last Sexy week. texting, really <laughs> sexy texting. And because we're in different time zones, I'm mm. waking up in this super sensual, field of kind of awareness of him and sort of reaching out to him from that place. And he's somewhere in a different part of his day, right? Uh, you know, later in the day. And it, I'm so amazed at what he produces from that space, because I would imagine I would tell myself, if we were that far apart, so many hours in between, we would be in so two There's so a different lot of places. stories you could tell yourself. In I those could tell so eight many hours. stories, and he has been meeting me and meeting me and meeting me and meeting uh-huh. me in such a generous way, and it's so fun. And it's got, I think, the thing that's so incredibly like crackly electric about it is it has it's all anticipation. Mm. Because there's no way for us to be together right now. Right. So it's just and it's growing and growing and it and Aww. and then it's funny <laughs> and then it's heartfelt and then we we say something like a little surprising and the other one's like, What? <laughs> well, it is interesting because you can kind of like throw out something really intimate and you can let it sit there for a while and see how it's received and the other person has a little time to think about it and then they get to throw something out and it's Really. Right. And you get to feel it. Like, I, one of the things I love that I started doing, I, I'm reminding myself that he's listening. <laughs> Don't remind yourself of that. Okay, wait. Um, he doesn't care. <laughs> no, what you're uh, saying But one of the things I love to do is go back and read what he said before mm-hmm. because I know how it made me feel. Oh, I forgot to mention the healing thing that happened. Oh, yeah. So we Can't were, that. oh my gosh, that was so crazy. So we were talking about what all of the, in a text, and sort of briefly, but going back and forth about all of the possibilities of sharing where a man could be really lifted or the masculine can be really lifted and you can share that together. And then we were talking about all the aspects. And one of the aspects is monogamy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> that's a tricky aspect. Yes. <laughs> you know, and not a lot of people want to go there. So you know, the, there's the difference between the spreading your seed, which means you're throwing your seed to the wind and focusing your seed and coming together with one person and lifting both of you up so that you have this intense experience that you can trust and repeat and repeat and mm-hmm. repeat. And allow to grow. And really harvest. To the soul. That's not the right word. 
Well, it's one of the words. Yeah, you you you're going to the holy fuck. The holy, <laughs> you're going to the word I was looking for. Holy fuck. I mean, yeah. And and young Frankenstein just went through my head. <laughs> <laughs> nice knockers. Um, <laughs> where did that come from? So he said something about how, and this it was like three words, but it was something about monogamy leads to ecstasy. Is this when we were laying on the couch? Yes. We were having our business meeting, laying on the couch. (laughs) We do not lay on the couch in business meetings. Yes, we do. Catherine's texting her boyfriend, or not her boyfriend, but her whatever, her transmuter. (laughs) Her trans. Texting sexual uh, partner. What was it? The transatlantic transmuter. (laughs) (laughs) It's all trans over here. Um, (laughs) Stop talking. (laughs) So your transatlantic transmuter said... Anyway, he just made this comment about um, how monogamy can create ecstasy. And your body went into... And I had some kind of massive energetic healing experience in my body that I'm still feeling it. It it like came up the center of my body. I think actually it centered... I was freaking out. I think it centered (laughs) in my heart chakra came mm-hmm. up from the first, second, third. So it was like sexual, creative, self, boom, up into my heart chakra. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it healed something really powerfully. And I was just I literally, Chris is looking at me like, what just happened? It was like the holy instant, the holy miracle, it like was, right in that moment. It was It was exactly, it wasn't even like that. It was that. And it took me a while to understand what happened. I could feel the shaking in my body and And then I was talking to another friend of mine the next morning, and I realized something had changed in me. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in me, I had heard or seen or felt or something, this sense of my worth that had never fully landed before. (sighs) Oh, think about it, though. Like, some man is talking about monogamy for you. Like, you are valuable enough for someone to say that to you. Mm. And and just to be clear, I'm not sure he was saying it to me because no, we but, were talking about it in a general I, way. But, but I think my body, body took it as if he meant it to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he did. And what I want is ecstasy. I am sorry. I'm so signed <laughs> up for ecstasy every day, a hundred times a day. I don't care. And this whole thing feels like ecstasy to me. You know, mm. Just being on that vibrant edge of taking chances and being real and being vulnerable and stepping out and touching another person, we're still nowhere near each other. Yes, but you can't get to ecstasy and all of that without the vulnerability. And you guys are going there, whether we're it works definitely. out or not. It's right. not what it's about. It's about expanding yourself, expanding your heart and expanding the trajectory of where you want to go and you're loving. You know, I think, Krista, what it was, was I think the truth was spoken. Mm-hmm. Like when he said monogamy creates ecstasy, inside me it was just like, <sighs> yeah. All of the stories I tell myself about how I don't need to be monogamous and I can have lots of boyfriends and I can be an ethical slut, that may be true for some people. But for me, I finally realized that 
this is what I want. Whether God I can, had spoken. It was like God had <laughs> through spoken. Through text. You got a text from God. I got a text from God through Mr. L. And Mr. L probably doesn't even remember he texted you. Oh, that. no. I told him it blew me away. I was like, this blew me away. He's um, probably like, why am I texting this, to this lady who's <laughs> across the world? Who is making who's me Who's making me do it? I'm not going to push send. Oh, my God. I just push send. Yeah. Yeah. And and this this so so what happened the next morning was i had this experience i sent a text he didn't respond right away it didn't i was doing something else and all of a sudden i had this thought oh he hasn't responded and i had this completely different feeling of he cannot reject me mm-hmm. it was the most surprising thought i've ever had mm-hmm. it was the most balanced thought i've ever had in a relationship no matter what he does, and that means he could physically walk away from me, mm-hmm. but he cannot reject me. That means I'm not rejectable. In my life, up until that moment, five days ago, I was rejectable. Right. People and have rejected healing, me. But after that healing, I, this is what's so weird, everyone, is healings come from the universe when you're ready. And all we can do is prepare, 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 and then boom, mm-hmm. something comes in. So I ha- I am definitely an open vessel at this moment. I'm wide open and I'm giving and I'm finding ways to be vulnerable. And this thing happens. And it is such joy to not be rejectable. And that's the part that you can hold on to when you've maybe sent that intimate text and he doesn't respond for eight hours. Or like you have, That's your baseline now of he cannot reject me, right. no matter how long it takes for him to get back. And having that reference point, I can always tell now if I'm out of sync with myself. Mm. If I actually think he can reject me, if I get worried, like this is this place gets tricky in relationship. If you worry about losing the other person, you're not being yourself anymore. Therefore, you're probably going to lose the other person. So it's that really, really delicate balance. When I start thinking that, oh, no, I might lose this person, he becomes more important than me. Right. And now I'm rejecting myself. So having had that experience, now if I start to feel that way, like wobbly sometimes, which I'm sure will happen. We're human, so it's It's going to I'm going to feel wobbly. I can have the reference point of, oh, right, I've already felt that he can't reject me. Let me get back to myself. Let me prepare myself I'm, again. I'm in the moment of rejecting myself right I now. am rejecting myself. This is my projection. Mm-hmm. And even if he chooses out of whatever we're doing, he cannot reject me because I'm not available to be rejected. Mm-hmm. He can choose away from me. He can never text me again. He can make all sorts of choices. I please would like him not to. Mm-hmm. But... Well, it's remembering that we are always creating the exact experience that we need, want, or desire. And so if we are constantly creating rejection, then that's what- I've done a little of that. I've done a lot of that the last six months, for sure. (laughs) And it's like, and so I'm in, even this last week, so I was perpetuating that story. I was doing that. Yeah. He was not rejecting me. He was doing all of these things to show that he wasn't. And my story was he was. So what had to happen- more like all these things that I built the story in my head. And it's you like, did. he just looked at me, he's like, when are you going to stop? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I want to, but there's this side of me that just kind of goes crazy. Chris's eyes are bugging out of her head. She's like, I don't know when I'm going to stop. And that's one of the things that we have to count on our partners for is, hey, I think you got a little crazy going on. Well, I do think it's cyclical too. 
And this is what well, I've been you're really <laughs> looking at right now. It's because I noticed that when I'm in this week of like ovulation, I am super sensual and sexual and brave and courageous and so full of, um, I don't know, just like, <laughs> yeah, and like nothing can hurt me. And then after that one week, it's this like slow decline of like, oh, now my feelings are getting hurt and now I, mm. I need more and I'm more tender. And, and then there's like the couple angry day phases. And it's like, <laughs> right. But what I've noticed is that my brain on certain days, and it's probably right before my period starts, yeah. it's like the thoughts in my head are so loud and they are so strong that I – I can listen to them and be like, I know I sound crazy right now. And yet it feels so true when yep. I'm thinking. And I don't know how to get out of it when I'm going through that time. Because I know from the outside, I, I sound insane. A and then, bit. Yeah. And then when I come out of that and I start my period and a day passes by, all of a sudden the sunshine comes out and I'm, hi, I'm back. And, you know, by then I have to do the cleanup <laughs> of like – you know, all the damage I've done and all the things I've said over the last couple of days. And so I'm just really, really, really aware of that. Yeah, it's a huge thing for all of us women and for men too. Like they, Your fluctuating hormones are just as impossible for you sometimes as ours are for us. But ours are on a cyclical pattern. And, you know, it is sort of a joke and it's a little bit disrespectful when we joke around about you know, she's such a bitch before her period, or you must be on your period because you're such a bitch. Those kinds of things are fairly disrespectful right. because they're not really honoring the cycle. Mm -hmm. And the cycle kind of means we need to be, I want my partner during that part of my cycle when I start getting scared or fearful, or I want them to come in and hold me tighter and yeah. be like, I know you're going through this time and this feels really true for you. And I love you. You're safe. Breathe. Relax. I'm right. here. There's we're safe. Go to bed. <laughs> and whether so whether we're talking about hormone induced craziness or just mental induced mm -hmm. craziness because I've had a bad day or I feel like I got hurt, my feelings hurt by someone else or something. One of the things that partners will do for each other is help us see that you know, we're safe, we're cared for and we've hit crazy. Mm -hmm. And we can't always – it's a tricky place to be because as the partner, what we're working towards is not being affected or hurt by someone else's assault or ignoring us or, dis, or what we feel is disrespecting us or any of those other things. So it's tricky to take on someone who's doing that. Mm -hmm. And we, we had a whole show on – what was it? We Hold sure her? Did. What was it called? Hold her? It was, what was it? It was um, about someone holding space for you to have your freak out. Yeah. Might have been Mr. C. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was yes, it? Yes, it might have been. Might and have been. The, what I love about that oh, is that yeah, that's right, when one person's in there crazy, you, the other person can't meet them in the crazy or it just creates oh, more crazy. Disaster. So what, when one person's having their mental breakdown, the other person needs to drop back, take a deep breath, and allow that person to sit in their crazy for a while. And it's so hard. Well, it's so hard because our whole, our whole system is not inclined to do that. When someone we fights run. us, we're supposed to fight them. We're right. supposed to run away. We're supposed to faint or we're supposed to do something else. So this is like the reprogram moment. It's not even, I mean, it's reprogramming, but you literally have to take a hold of your nervous system and change your DNA. Mm -hmm. you, this is like, uh, Alison Armstrong would call this a victory of human spirit, that you literally can 
overcome your nervous system that is telling you to punch, hit, run, fight, play dead. Right. You know, and hold, breathe, know the tools, breathe, move your body, open your eyes, remember who you are, get out of the room for a minute, come right back, don't leave this person, and take care of yourself. So if you actually do need to leave for a minute to grab a hold of yourself, then you definitely want to do that. Here's the thing. If we do this for each other, we create vast fields of loving and compassion and kindness because we start to show up in a place where someone who's hurting isn't discarded, Mm -hmm. they're not isolated, they're not attacked, even if they're attacking, because we know it's not the truth about who they are. We know the truth of who you are is always your highest expression of yourself. When you've gotten pushed off to the side, thrown off the back of the truck, whatever it is that's happened to you and you're hurting, you do need care. You don't need someone to talk you out of it. Yeah, this is the moment of like needing someone to remind you in that moment of who you truly are on the times when you've forgotten yeah, that you're a divine Yeah, you do child. need that, Krista. But I think, I think the first way we remind someone is by meeting them. So the holding of someone, the holding space for someone, if they won't let you touch them, then just stand there and be with them in that crazy, in that. But in order to do that, you have to be able to see them in your head you do. as they're right. divine, they're perfect, they're having an experience. This is a perfect experience. They're whole, they're mm-hmm. complete, they're perfect. And it's also for you. That's the other thing that we need to remember is any experience that we're bringing in is always for us also. Right. So we're expanding. Can you imagine how incredible it's going to be when people on this planet can hold space for each other and really make this massive step into, I would say, evolution, where our brains can hold space. We can be in our prefrontal space. Someone, I call it the field, which is where all things are beautiful. And I, I follow that from Rumi poetry, where he steps into the field. But there's lots of different names, including the prefrontal cortex um, of places. You have to draw your energy in there and be held there while you extend that kind of loving. Course in Miracles would call it charity. Mm. The word charity is defined by being able to see the highest in someone else, whether they're behaving that way or not. Right. And that's where the healing comes from because they lift to you. You don't drop to them. And it's not because you're better. It's because in this moment you have access. You have the opening. So on that note, I just want to say that this exploration with Mr. L is fabulous. It's so exhilarating to be in a place where you feel like you're at home. You feel like you've chosen something that's completely you and you're having fun expressing it, and it doesn't matter if the other person leaves it or doesn't leave it. You're whole. You're stepping into what's true for you, and someone else— you'll be met with— You'll be met with whoever's meant to meet you. If there's a lesson here other than we're going forward with this, that will show up too. God, I hope this continues. Oh, with me you too. Guys, I'm so excited. So, so fun. Like, happy and juicy and laughing all the time. And I love how excited you are. I am. And I, I think he's really a great match for this. And, you know, as long as we don't derail ourselves somewhere <laughs> along the line, which is always possible, it'll all be good. All right. So, all right. Well, fuck I can't you guys. Wait to Here we go. Hear how the saga continues. Saga continues. All right, everybody. We love, we love you, you so much. We spread the you. love. Spread the love. Spread the love. Bye. Bye. Do you want the opportunity to see the gals of Holy Fucking Person? 
If so, go to holyfuckpodcast.com and join our mailing list so you can find out when and where these goddesses will be transforming lives next. And yes, I know, I'm talking about myself in third person. Open your browser, type in holyfuckpodcast.com, click on mailing list, and give us your most trusty email. Not that bogus one you give to Walmart. So sign up now. Not tomorrow. Now. Now, now, now. Thank you.